Climb into the cockpit with pilot and Link Square's Chief Legal Officer, Tim Perilla, as he invites legal leaders aboard to share advice that will help you navigate even the most turbulent times of in-house counsel work. We'll cover a range of topics from data privacy to legal team structure to public company transactions and beyond. You don't want to miss this series. Fasten your seatbelt and prepare for takeoff. You're listening to Cockpit Council. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Cockpit Council. My name is Tim. I'm the Chief Legal Officer at Link Squares. And today with me, I have Dee Vanilla and I have Vanessa Saffold. Uh, both outstanding leaders in uh, in the legal ops field, and we're gonna we're gonna get into it here. We're gonna have a great conversation about legal ops. So, Vanessa, starting with you, I ask everybody this this uh, question at the beginning of every episode: What is your pre-flight ritual? Well, my pre-flight ritual starts with um, you know after I've done all my packing, I'm ready to go. Um, I like to just sit for a moment and just think about um, you know what I'm doing, make sure that I remember everything because you can always get somewhere and forget something. <laughs> um, so I always uh, just take a few minutes and just get quiet and make sure that I remember you know everything that I'm taking with me. Nice, nice. Dee, what about you? So I have a slight fear of flying. Okay. Truthfully. So every flight, I have to bring noise canceling headphones. So my pre pre flight ritual is to make sure that those headphones are with me because if they are not, it doesn't, it's not a good flight. I just, yeah, I need all sound to be blocked. (laughs) Okay. Is it the the noises bother you about flying then? It's just everything. So if I can just drown out everything and just not focus on <laughs> on what's happening what's going on <laughs> and just focus on what's in my ears then i'm okay all right yeah awesome awesome um well let's let's get into it i'd love to learn a little bit about uh both your backgrounds i know obviously we've had several conversations before but would really like to understand sort of what brought you into the uh legal ops profession how you found yourself where you are today, what your sort of journey was, both on a personal level and a, and sort of a corporate career path level. So uh, Dee, maybe we start with you. Sure. So my my background is actually kind of a, a, a interesting roadmap. I started out in the medical field and decided that's not, not what I want to do for the rest of my life. So I started to work in FinTech, uh, which is where I met Danielle and uh, Danielle Shear. And so I started working on contracts first and got my you know hands into that space and then started to do more of the corporate work uh, alongside her and learned nice. that that's really what I wanted to focus on. And so I came to Commvault in November and as legal ops manager. And so this is my first legal ops gig yeah. really. Um, and so it's been it's been transformational, and I love this space, and I love the people who I've been able to meet in the industry. So yeah, really happy to be here and to talk about it. Awesome, Vanessa, how about you? Um, well, I got my start actually working at a law school, okay. um, and I think that was excellent because I uh, learned that there are so many different areas of law, um, and then I went corporate. 
Okay. And um, I started to specialize in, you know, intellectual property, uh, contracts, due diligence for business transactions, corporate. And um, and as a result, I, I consider it like building blocks. So yeah. I think all of those gave me building blocks to land into uh, legal operations. So um, uh, when I did transition into it, it was after I was a, um, a senior contracts manager with a whole team of uh, contracts managers. And um, because I was the legal liaison um, to the finance and HR teams, then it kind of made sense at the time that it would uh, transition into legal operations. So um, five years later, um, you know, here I am. And I, I feel like it was um, uh, finally something to describe what I do because right. I've done so many diverse things, you know, processes and, 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 you know, putting things in place, implementing, um, you know, software, even researching and, and choosing it that, um, when I found out that there was a legal operations, that was it for me. So that's awesome. That's, yeah. that's great. It is a relatively new, relatively speaking, relatively new, yeah. uh, field here. So, for people who are not familiar with what what all is encapsulated by legal operations, I'd love to hear from each of you. Vanessa, maybe we start with you. Um, if you had to describe legal operations as as a role or as as a function within the legal within the legal org of a, of a company, how would you describe that to someone who has no idea? Um, well, I would start by saying that I think it's the wheels that make the legal department turn. And um, and I would say that uh, so um, it's a swim lane in the legal department that is separate from the attorneys and the um, paraprofessionals that are in the department. Um, the uh, legal operations also is kind of PR and the liaison for the rest of the organization. Um, so uh, Legal Ops, um, we build relationships with other teams to help us to, um, you know, accomplish the things that we need to accomplish to help the legal department work. Excellent. Exactly right. Yeah. And I think, too, what's awesome about legal operations is that there's no one size fits all for each company. Right. And there's no, you know, every company does things a little bit differently. And so but I think the building connections and relationships is a huge one um, for me that I've learned. It's we work cross functionally with so many different departments that, you know, you have to build those relationships in order to create efficiencies and process improvement and change. And so that's huge in a legal ops role. That's awesome. So one of the things that, that I talk a lot about on this uh, on this series is partnering with sales and partnering with different parts of the organization. Uh, predominantly uh, to date, it's been really talking with different sales leadership about how do you make that legal sales uh, uh, bond closer so that we can be uh, a little bit more efficient in the way that we work together. Um, D. Who do you think about as your primary go-to when you think, okay, it's my day one on the job. I need to start building relationships. What are those critical relationships that you're looking at? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, first, I start with the sales and business ops because we have to work so closely with them, right? And so they are the first people I go to to say, hey, here's what we're trying to implement. Here's what we're doing. You know, it's nice to meet you. And yeah let's work together, let's partner together. They touch sales, right? So if we can create that relationship right from the start, then 
that relationship with sales gets 10 times better. Um, and so building that from the, from the get-go is important. Absolutely. Yeah. Vanessa, what, what about you? What's your, uh, what's your go-to? I know you mentioned finance in there too. So yeah, love to, but I go to straight to um, technology. I go okay. straight to the tech um, department because, um, uh, you know, one of the one, first things that I want to know is what do we already have? Right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, um, you know, the legal team has um, platforms and tools, but across the organizations, there may be other tools that the legal department can use right. that maybe the legal department doesn't know about. Right. So um, and, and not only that, you know, as uh, Dee was saying, you know, in terms of, um, you know, implementations and integrations, like I think they're really good people to know. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a great point. One of the one of the systems that um, I get a lot of raised eyebrows from people when I tell them about this that we used uh, at DraftKings was we we used Jira mm -hmm. like heavily mm -hmm. for uh, for asset reviews. We had a lot of uh, we had a lot of the um, you know whether it's re review of a television ad or just banner ads and things like that. And you know you're you're looking at dividing things from jurisdiction to jurisdiction because they had different um, uh, different regulatory requirements for calls to action and things like that and making sure the disclaimers were all where they needed to be and we were able to actually track them using we found that Jira was the most efi efficient way for us to track the, those assets which was pretty interesting but that's that's a great call out like actually going what technology do we already have as an organization so when you think about building those relationships like uh, and either either one of you can respond or both can choose not to respond if you want. Uh, what have been some of the challenges that that you've dealt with in trying to build those relationships? Have you seen pushback from uh, leadership or, or others within the organization or uh, has it been relatively, relatively smooth and seamless? Do you want to go? Sure. Yeah, I think. Um I think sometimes when you're trying to implement something new or trying to change things that have been the way that they've always been, you get that a lot, right? Yeah. And so there could be pushback there of, well, this is just always how we've done it. And so, um, you know, sometimes I think it's good to shed a different perspective of, well, maybe we shouldn't think about it that way. Maybe there's a different way, more efficient way that can help not only legal, but other teams to, to cross a bridge, right? And so um, I also think that we, as for our legal team, we want to be looked at as trusted advisors. And so the one of the first things that I said when I came to Commvault was, how can I help? Yeah. Right, just being open and saying, here's what I see but how can I help? Right. Um, you know, maybe I see things differently because it's a brand new set of eyes, but what's really important that needs to change and where can I add value? And I think that then trickles down into our entire legal team because then everybody says, how can we help? So I think those two things are really big when building relationships when you get pushback. Yeah, and I also think that it depends on the organization size. Okay. Right. Because, yeah. um, you know, I've been at a startup before and it was very easy to find the tech people and easy to build the relationships. Right. right? Especially um, a lot of um, uh, startups have the um, open um, floor plan. So, yeah. you know, oftentimes you can just look over your desk and you might be sitting across from a, a tech person. Right. But in a larger organization, it could be a little bit 
trickier, right? Because right. you don't know who the right person is to go to and, you know, and that sort of thing. And um, I kind of, um, you know, do it like chipping away at something. So right. I might not know the person, but then I get to know people who know people. And so networking right. is really very important that, um, you know, if you partner with someone who perhaps has been with the organization for a while, yeah. you say, hey, who can I reach out to for this? I'm having right. a little bit of trouble doing this. And then, um, you know, when you partner with someone that's been with the organization, it usually helps you a lot. Yeah, exactly. Having having somebody in there to help you navigate some of the some of the nuances is always is always good. I found that, um, you know, just most of my so most of my uh, my jobs since I've graduated law school, I've been the first in-house attorney um, and built the legal team from there. And that has always been the most critical thing for me is like, uh, I don't know anything about this organization and I barely know what I'm doing from a legal perspective. So how can I how can I find somebody that I can like really, uh, really trust to be vulnerable enough with to uh, to help guide me through sort of getting to know the organization. And and, and it's been uh, it's been an incredible, you know, incredible opportunity to, to get to make relation, make meaningful relationships with people that, quite frankly, and uh, you know, in many ways, I wouldn't have crossed paths with at all. So, um, so uh, real quick, tell me about the size of your legal ops teams. Is it just just you? Do you have more than you? What is what does the structure look like? Um, right now, it's just me. Okay. Um, but I have had teams where I've had seven people, up to seven people. So okay. it's been seven people, it's been four people, it's been two people, and now it's just me. Okay, great. What about you, Dee? Um, we're a team of two. Okay, Yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> we're a team of two and growing. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I, I'd love to hear uh, Vanessa a little bit more about, about how you found either challenging or more rewarding or just kind of different among, like as, as you've seen the, the size of the legal ops team grow. Well, I think, um, when you can have growth with the legal ops team, then you can attend to the needs of the department better, right? Yeah. So um, uh, part of the um, legal ops was the whole contracts team, right? Mm -hmm. So I got them so that it was a well-oiled wheel. And so I didn't, you know, we had the implementation, everything went fine. Yeah. So, you know, that wheel is going, but then there are other things like, due diligence for business transactions. Well, sometimes you need a process yeah. in order to um, do things like um, if you're collecting all of the documents, if you're putting them in a data room, then you can have a swim lane for that. So I think that, you know, we're right now, it's just myself um, and I'm handling all of those things that it elevates the position when you're able to you know, have people for the different areas. And now yeah. you can really get behind the strategies and the metrics and, you know, the other yeah. things that help you to get the resources that you need. Yeah, absolutely. And D for you going from one to two, seeing that step function, how has that, how has that been for you? Yeah. It, well, it's very similar to what Vanessa was just saying, because yeah. when you can when you are really in the weeds, right, and you're really trying to harness, okay, what's this process look like? How do we build this well-oiled machine? How does this function when I take a step back? 
that's when you when you build your team you can say okay this person can actually oversee that train and make sure yeah. it's running on time and it's just got what it needs and then you know you can then say okay i can focus on more strategic work or we've been really wanting to work on x we just haven't been able to get there now i can and yeah. so that's a really it, it takes you from out of the weeds and it brings you you know above the trees a little bit which is which is great because then you can start thinking and planning and and getting the wheels turning on other projects but it's a good place to start yeah. because if yes. you're the only one then you can assess yes. everything that's going on and then determine what it is that you need Right. As opposed to coming in and there's already a team, then you have to, you know, really determine, do I have everything that I have? Do I need more? Do I have more than what I need? And and really kind of work backwards into, ma into making sure that the legal department has what it needs. Yeah. And this way, you know what, you know what you know, whoever's joining your team, you can, you can train them, you can yeah. teach them because you have the knowledge, the confidence to say, okay, here's what, here's how this runs. Here's, here's how this operates. If you come in, you know, above the trees without being kind of in the forest, you don't always know what that ground right. looks like. Right. So it's, yeah, it's so important. So tell me a little bit more about, um, about building relationships with the attorneys on your team. I know just attorneys I've worked with can be pretty territorial from time to time. Um, have you have you experienced any of that and how have you uh how have you worked with the attorneys on the team to really you know really get some quick wins with them to get them on your side go ahead okay um i i think a large piece of legal operations is having patience and listening and i think that's where we build the best relationships with our teams because especially from a contracts perspective, I mean, we, we see what's happening from a process point of view, but we're not in the contract itself, right? So the interactions that they're having with sales and the way that things are moving and operating, you know, sometimes we don't see that. And so I think that the biggest, um, the biggest thing that I've learned thus far is to have patience, right? Not all, not the process you put in place might not always be the, the, the right one. You might have to tweak it. And two is just being open and listening to what your team says and brings to you. And when you make those changes that they've provided, they trust you. Right. And that's huge. You know? Yeah. I think, um, uh, one of the things that I make sure that I do is schedule one-on-ones with them. And um, and it's not just like necessarily an open conversation. Um, you know, I like to ask questions like, what do you spend your time doing? What do you right. wish that you were doing that you didn't do? Right. What do you think the department needs? And I start asking those probing questions to get, you know, to get into here um, and into their day-to-day so that I can find out how I can create an efficiency for them. And sometimes through talking to them, they come up with their own efficiency. Right. All I yeah. have to do is take it and run with it right. because right. I know that it, it might be feasible. Yeah. So um, uh, I think that's, um, you know, and, and it gives them the feeling that someone is listening. Yeah. And then it's yeah. not like, you know, the drudgery of day to day. Oh, this is, you know, I'm dealing with sales with this and that sort of thing. Um, and the other thing is presenting them with the metrics, because sometimes um, 
you want to report up the metrics, right? Right. Um, but it's also important that they know what the metrics are, that oh, yeah. they know what they're doing, that they yeah. know how things are working. And sometimes that changes their whole attitude yeah. about how they feel about things because they might have a negative attitude, but then they realize, oh, we're doing this much. Oh, this is working really well. Oh, oh we're, you know, we're really doing some things. Yeah, absolutely. And so you've mentioned a couple of times data. Um, what are you seeing with your teams, the most important data that, uh, that they're tracking? Um, well, I will say that um, it's all about the story that you tell. And, um, and so when I started, the story that we were telling was contracts in, contracts out. Like, what is the volume of contracts? What is the SLA? You know, and that sort of thing. Well, that, you know, that really, to me, is not really impressive unless you can drill down and tell other stories. And so, um, you know, one of the things that I, um, you know, would like to capture is what is the value of those contracts? Because yeah. you can say, oh, we did 500, you know, contracts. Okay, we did 500 and last last quarter we did 400, right? But right. if they hear we did 500 and they were worth $25 million, then now they have something to sit up about and say, oh, okay, we're really contributing to the bottom line yeah. of the um, of the company. Um, so that is one that I definitely um, uh, like to have. And then something else, um, it's not just about the contracts and, and the volume, um, that it's also about, well, what is the quality of those requests that came in? What was the level of work that you had to do? Was right. something missing? You know, that sort of thing. So I think that, um, and, and I think that all fits in with the SLA because if someone doesn't provide you with the right information, that's going to take you longer to do it. And so now that's messing with your SLA. Mm -hmm. So um, if you work backwards from those kind of metrics, then you can fix those things and the SLAs can improve. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, and I think going off of that too, we use it to track workloads and, and such like, you know, things similar. Um, one of the one of the key pieces that you said that I, what we do often is, are you negotiating the same thing? We have master terms, right? Are you negotiating the same clause in the same section and do we need to change it? Um, does something need to get added to our playbook? You know, so I think we track metrics that way. We track, um, we track okay, how many times has this been negotiated? Um, what about our what about our security documents mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. do those need to be updated are we seeing the same things and so um yeah not only from a contracts in contracts out how many are we producing right america's international what does it look like mm -hmm. but also granularity in the contract itself is huge yeah yeah that's that's a big thing i mean i no matter where you are in the organization it's really important to understand um, understand what's what's in your contracts and what people are what people are looking at right. and spending the most time on what's most important to your customers you know whether you're the uh, whether you're the account executive like you probably want to know what's most important to your customers if you're trying to sell to them yeah. you know if you're the lawyers doing you know doing the review you want to know that um, you know it, it's it's incredibly incredibly valuable to have that kind of insights into um, into into the work that's being done. So when, when, uh, when you distill down sort of your, your personal views on what 
your role is and like what is the one thing from a legal ops perspective from a career perspective that you want to be known for uh, what do you want your career to stand for like when when someone says vanessa vanessa as a legal ops leader this is the first thing that comes to mind what is that what is your brand as a legal ops pro results driven awesome Definitely. Um, I, I, at the end of the day, I want for someone to say, um, you know, she came in, she got the data, she made efficiencies. And um, as a result, these are all the things that the legal department can do now. So I, yeah. I like to say that it's results. That's awesome. D, what about you? Yeah. Um, what comes to my mind is elevation. So okay. how do I best elevate not only the legal team, but the other departments around me and the company. Mm -hmm. And what impact does that have? Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. Yeah. So let's let's switch gears maybe a little bit. Maybe it's not that much. Let's talk about tech. How important is the tech to to you? And maybe we start with you, Dee. Um, like what is, uh, you know, obviously both Linksquare's customers and, the, and we can talk about that, but, um, you know, even apart and aside from Linksquare's, what other tech are you using? Um, you know, what are some of the other, some of the other things that, that you're really focused on that, that tech needs to deliver for you? Yeah, we, um, we use a sanctions tool, sanctions screening tool, which is very valuable. Um, we, we're a global company and we do business all over the world. So that's very important. And we have a uh, corporate governance tool as okay. well to manage our entities, um, as well as LinkSquare. Yeah. <laughs> so it's honestly, it's what keeps the legal team moving and running and, and being efficient. Um, from a LinkSquare's perspective, we, my, we implemented and migrated all you know data and everything within like 30 days i think it was one of the nice just it was insane yeah. actually how quickly we got it up and running but <laughs> it was really wild um but you know it integrates with salesforce that's a really big piece of the puzzle we were trying to solve um sales doesn't need to leave salesforce they can stay there they have all their communication with the legal team um and then the key departments that we were cross-functionally with, they go on the backside and they're in link squares. And so it just, it's so valuable to have these tools to drive business growth and to keep everybody on the same page and have transparency. And we see that with our corporate governance tool as well. Um, so it brings, I think it brings departments together too, yeah. you know, um, creates a bond there. Absolutely. I think it depends, right? I think um, if I, if the, the lawyer's statement, I, sure. it depends. But um, <laughs> I, I think that it depends because there's a such thing as having too much technology. Yeah. And, um, and so you can get overwhelmed with technology and then not be efficient, right? right. So um, I think the, the most important thing is knowing um, what you have. Um, having your processes in place so that you can incorporate the tools in those processes so that um, you're not driven by the tools, 
Right. You're driving the tools, right? Right. And um, and so with us, we use Salesforce. We also, um, you know, DocuSign um, is an integration with uh, Salesforce. So in the uh, sellers not having to leave Salesforce, they can have documents signed directly from there. Mm -hmm. um, on the back end, um, we use um, LinkSquare's Analyze. Mm -hmm. um, that was a huge solve for us because our contracts were in a few different places and we know as, what was in the contracts as, right? as is usual yeah, yeah. and so when yeah. there's a um a request that comes through for legal ops to say um you know do we have this company's contracts or do we have this in our contracts it's a project yeah and you know if you are taking time out of your day for that kind of project then you don't have time to do the other things so it was really kind of inefficient and so bringing in um link squares analyze um now when we're doing a remediation or if we're doing something and we just want to know about offshoring then we know that we can just go in there and run a report and have those results like that yeah. major major time saver um our company has lots of tools um and um and so legal as a core uses um those tools but then there are other tools like smart sheets which is good on a project basis um which we um you know actually were able to get our most recent uh, metrics we did like a survey nice. of our um contracts to find out um is it company paper or um you know uh, third party right. paper you know the um the was it complete what was wrong with it you know that sort of thing mm -hmm. and um smart sheets was really good for um for that sort of thing but um yeah. you know once again you i think you it's really important that you don't overwhelm yourself with the technology but know what you have and know what you need and then bring it together yeah yeah that's that's great advice and that's yeah. that's one thing that uh that i tell people a lot when when asked about like okay what's the best software to buy and for me it's it's the one that you use, right? right? Because, uh, as, and I say it a lot, it's not enough to buy the software, you gotta buy into the software. And as a, as a legal team, whether you're, uh, you know, whether you're, you're a really litigation heavy shop, maybe you're doing a ton of M&A, maybe you're doing SaaS contracts, it doesn't matter. You have, you have certain things that you're going to want to track on a regular basis. And if you're allowed to do that with software, then, if you don't actually interact with that software 100% of the time, the output from that software is not going to be as effective as you want it to be, right? It's kind of like, like don't expect to not change at all what you're doing and expect that piece of software to work for you. I, I, I use the example of Salesforce, right? Like if, if you're a Salesforce shop, like could you imagine a world where all of your account executives are calling people and they're like, you know what? I'll just update Salesforce at the end of the month. Like how effective is that really going to be? It just won't be. And there's no way it's going to be updated well. And so, uh, you know, legal departments for too long have deprioritized that organization, have deprioritized buying into a particular type of software, even just a process, right? Uh, I've, I've seen so many, uh, so many in-house leaders say like, oh, we've got like this folder structure that I standardized and we have like this Excel spreadsheet that everyone's supposed to update. And it's like, okay, I just can't wait until like one thing goes wrong and your entire, like it, it just, it happens because as an in-house team, 
you're not always graded as heavily on your organization as you would be if you were at a law firm, for example, where if you're not tracking your billed hours, you have serious issues, right? Um, so buying, actually buying into the software and changing the way that your team operates, I think is really, really important. And having folks like you to, to really carry that message and emphasize like, okay, I'm here to implement process. I'm here to alter process in a way that's effective, but without doing it in such a way that it is overly burdensome given the reward is, is really like a fine work of art that, that you all are doing. Yeah, and it has to be easy, right? Yeah. Um, it, right. Because first of all, um, if you have to explain it, it's you've already lost the battle, right. particularly when it comes to attorneys. Yes. But um, <laughs> like you've lost. Yeah, yeah. But then, um, but then also you don't want for it to take more time to use the tool than if they were doing it the way that they've been doing it. Because right. what you're going right. to hear is. Why am I doing this? It's taking me 15 minutes to do this when I can have this done in, in five minutes. Yeah. So um, ease of use of a platform is um, is really, really very important. And where the legal department is, is concerned, um, they like to plug and play. Like they yeah. don't want to, you know, have it be like, you know, 10 steps in order to get something done. You know, right. they just want to have a few clicks and, and they're off and running. Yeah, absolutely. It you know, I would, the one thing that I that I implemented with um, with my team at DraftKings was there were certain there were certain things that we had to track because there were certain questions that we always got, mm-hmm. right? Just on a regular basis, like if we were doing a particular type of deal, there were certain things that we needed to make sure we were doing user generated tagging for, um, and and it was just hey, this is now yeah, this is going to take you a couple extra seconds to actually you know do this but it's gonna save you in the long run. And like your contract, yeah, okay, you got the signatures, but it's not done until it's in the system, until it's exactly where you want it to be so that the next time, maybe it's not you, maybe it's somebody else that is getting a call from the head of marketing who's on the team saying, hey, while at dinner on a Saturday after, uh, you know, Saturday evening with family, saying, hey, I need this answer and I need it in the next, you know, 60 minutes because we got a promotion going live. Like that's that's the kind of that's the kind of stuff where where like I've I really push people to think about their contract process differently and in the context of your technology. So you're looking for an end state and not necessarily just figuring out a process that maybe makes more sense. Right. And and, uh, for the sake of process itself. Mm -hmm. So. Um, as far as, as far as technology that you wish existed, that doesn't, any ideas? Hmm. Hmm. Um, I don't know if I would, I don't know if I would say there's something that doesn't exist, but, um, having a one-stop shop. Okay. Doesn't quite exist yet. There's, you can a la carte from many places, (laughs) right? Um, so I think that that's, I think that's what I see for the future. Yeah. Something that's has it all. Right. Sense. Makes sense. I think integrations are important um, yeah. because there isn't yeah. a one-stop shop. So right. if there's if if there's one thing that I you know would like to make sure exists with everything, 
is that it integrates. Right. Right. Because, right. you know, I mean, there are different companies do different things. And right. so, um, uh, you know, I don't no one has been I don't want to say smart enough, but, you know, no one's really come up with a, a one stop shop type of situation. Right. And so um, I just wish that as a standard systems communicated with one another so there weren't silos to do what you need to do. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Questions, Alyssa. Do we have uh, do we have any questions from the audience today? We do. Um, so the first one is: You've talked a lot about building relationships. How do you manage expectations with other teams? Yeah, I, I manage them by first showing up. So um, you know, I if I'm driving something, then I want to be that person who is um, showing up, who is following up who is doing what I said I was going to do yeah. and um, and making sure that I'm doing uh, what what I need to do. Yeah, yeah the follow up is key. Even if, you know, things aren't on track and you were supposed to, you know, get something completed by X date, you still say this is still in progress. Mm -hmm. We're still working on it. That follow up is critical. Yeah, the biggest uh, the biggest complaint that I've received from uh, I mean, even just criticisms of teams that I've that I've built and run, but also uh, colleagues of mine who who have built and, and run teams is if somebody is asked what's going on with something illegal and that somebody doesn't have an answer, like, I don't know, it's illegal. That's literally something that will will come back and really tarnish the brand of your department yeah. and and it creates a lot of dissent right amongst amongst your coworkers. like that's a terrible thing to say like they they asked you for help and they have no idea what you're doing it's really really bad so that follow-up and that transparency is absolutely key yeah great question Melissa. what uh what else do we have all right what do you think the number one quality is that leaders should look for in their first legal ops hire first okay <laughs> um well i said one of them before patience mm -hmm. right uh curiosity yeah. and um um the third one i i said i i think there's only one but oops i'm gonna say three uh an initiative nice those are really huge um for me i would say a um a diversity of thought mm -hmm. um that they are able to you know switch from you know, this area to that area. So they're not like pigeonholed into one area of the business. So um, I would definitely not want my first hire to be like a contracts manager mm -hmm. because um, unless they possess those skills and that background that they've done some other things in, the, in an organization to be able to um, be like a jack of all trades because um, I can't be the only jack of all right. trades. I need someone else <laughs> yeah. who, you know, right. so um, and in all, you know, uh, honesty, I probably would want someone like me, you know, like yeah. someone yeah. who can do the things that I can do so that I can trust them to do those things so I can do the other things I need to do. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And from my perspective, I think um, I, I think it's really kind of a combination of both. I think that the, the curiosity is really important. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of legal teams have a tendency to operate in, um, in a very rigid way. And 
usually when asked it's well because that's why that's how and why we've always done things this way um but but having that uh having that curiosity to say okay maybe this maybe this will you know uh work differently with the business and provide certain benefits i think is really important um and it and it also helps to challenge you know that we've always done it aspect and then uh, vanessa you know putting one word on on how you described that that first hire i would say perspective mm-hmm someone with a with a broader perspective and uh, you know i would i try to hire people who are better at what they do than i am and like a lot of that is bringing perspective and like if you can if you can look at if you can look at the way a legal department's operating without actually being in the legal department and um not not that legal ops isn't in the legal department but like for my first legal ops hire like come in look at the functions and dysfunctions of this and let's talk about what's most important and being able to demonstrate that perspective and how the legal team should interact with the rest of the organization like everything else is just details from there if you've got someone who really has that honed in so i can't wait to hire a legal ops person i'm really excited (laughs) really excited about it Uh, Alyssa, what else do we have um, okay, one last one is you're in Link Squares every day. What is your favorite feature? Mm. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, so um, you know, like I said, we use LinkedIn. Uh, I mean, um, Link Squares Analyze. Yep. And um, one of my favorite features is the global terms. Yes. And mm. being able because the ask from our GC prior to having link squares was, I just want to have a sheet of paper that gives me, you know, the information um, that I want. And um, and so when we looked at link squares and um, saw the global terms and that you could just go down and, and look for whatever terms that you were looking for, I was like, this is it for me. So yeah. yes, that's the first, it's my go-to is the global terms. That's awesome. So I have two. I'm going to cheat again. Um, when I was when I was drafting and working on contracts, I really loved the nudge feature. That okay. was so fun to use. Um, but in the legal ops perspective, I really love the dashboards. Yeah. I love that they're customizable. We've made we've made quite a few that help us provide those better metrics, and I love that. Yeah. I love seeing them. <laughs> it's my favorite feature. Yeah, same. I I spend the most most of my time uh, in in the platform on the dashboard side. Mm-hmm. Really, I, I've been fortunate enough to not have to be reviewing as many contracts these days. We got uh, now, thankfully, a team of people who are better at it than I am to to do it. So, uh, the dashboards, I, I'll echo that. I think it's been great. And then on the analyze side, I mean, gosh, yeah, the global terms. And, and and reporting characteristics mm-hmm. for me, like like being able to run a report on whatever it is that I'm looking that I'm looking for, like super narrow, not having to flip pages is super important to me, and um, and it's just it's it's a huge time saver. So uh, and I know we're running up on time. Any closing thoughts, maybe um, you know, uh, around people who are looking to get into legal ops career? Any closing words of advice? words of caution, uh, anything like that, or any other parting words you'd like to, to give the folks watching today? 
Well, I'd say um, if, if a person is looking to get into legal ops, um, make sure that you like um, being the problem solver okay. um, or being the answer um, and that you are uh, can get into the weeds in research being able to research things and um, being able to create a process, um, being able to fix a process, um, and most of all, being able to listen to the team so that you can, um, you know, create solutions. Awesome. Yeah. I would echo that. And I would also say, if you don't have the answer, don't beat yourself up right away. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. speaking from experience, that's what I did, right? I was like, don't have all the answers, but I will get them. I will right. figure it out. Um, and so having that persistence is key and, and not giving up on what you are trying to accomplish for your team and others. Yeah, it's huge. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks so much for taking time and sitting down today. This has been a lot of fun and it's been, it's been great. And, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's go get some dinner. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you. Cool. Thank you so right. much. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Uh, please uh, like, subscribe, follow us on all the socials. Uh, we got a bunch of content coming out over the coming, uh, coming weeks and months. So really, uh, really looking forward to having you all uh, part of the audience out there.